Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The inside story on the teams, suppliers and circuits. Inside. Hello everybody, this is John Hindorf for IMSA Radio. Uh, I'm outside in the IMSA paddock here and I've come across a, an intriguing trailer. This is a trailer that has a bit of a secret inside. Let's, uh, let's knock on the door and see who comes out. Oh, oh hello. Let's uh, climb in here. Right, introduce yourself, sir. Hi, John. How are you? This is Greg D. Georges. I'm the owner and engineer behind Symmetric Driver Performance Labs. It's North America's premier driver coaching and simulator lab. Which sounds quite sensible to me, but it's in the back of a trailer, and we're in the IMSA paddock, so this is a mobile driver simulator at the very highest level. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone looked at me like I had six heads when I told them I wanted to bring a simulator to a racetrack where there's actual race cars. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) But um, the the whole rationale behind everything is that, especially on these IMSA weekends, there's very limited practice and testing time. Drivers get 60, 90, maybe two hours of of practice or testing time that they have to share with a driver. They have to deal with inclement weather sometimes, and they have long red flags from other crashes, and they lose a lot of their practice and testing time, and they're for these gentlemen drivers are spending a lot of money to be here. So to lose that practice time in preparing for their qualifying and the races and everything, it really is really unfortunate to see that happen. And that's my background as an engineer. I saw that so many times working with drivers that they just lost all their practice time. So I had the idea of, hey, I grew up with simulators. They're really, the technology's come a long way in preparing people for race weekend. So why not bring one to the racetrack and offer it to drivers to supplement what they're doing on a race weekend? Actually, now you've said that, it makes perfect sense because I am... Um a massive advocate of getting on a good simulator and using it as you would a test section at a track. Don't think of it as a toy, don't think of it as a game, otherwise you won't get anything out of it. The problem with that is they're not normally at racetracks, so bringing one here in a fairly compact little trailer, you've got, we're in the moment in sort of the admin in the green room area, I'm looking at a set of equipment here that I'm familiar in seeing in terms of a computer control system, and then beyond, through the through the black door is uh, a big uh, three screen setup so totally immersive um, you're running what uh, simulation software here this is both iRacing and Assetto Corsa depending on the track and car configuration generally we we lean towards Assetto Corsa more because we have much more relevant cars and more recent track models that we're working with um, but we do also use iRacing when the track models and car models are relevant no that's all very fine and dandy and I'll hear people saying oh yeah okay but there's not much point in putting people in and at the moment you've got loaded up a a Ligier LMP3 car um, which looks great but it's not about I've got to be honest it's not going to be about the look here Greg is it? No of course not it's uh, my background is engineering I know that it's yeah looking and sounding correct is one thing but to have it actually feel the the way the real car does is really important and again my background as an engineer working with a lot of these teams the drivers the coaches uh, world-class engineers is that it's much more about having the car feel the right way so with my familiarity of winning championships um, as engineering and working with all these people I spent a lot of time fine-tuning the way the cars drive so that they actually feel the right way so the tire modeling the, the lap times the grip behavior suspension characteristics all of that is 
validated through working with professional drivers and getting their feedback, getting data and video from the real cars. So, and how much of that then can you influence within the simulation? Uh, so it's one thing we can make setup changes and everything like anyone would on the real car, but I can actually go to the level of manipulating tire behavior and the tire modeling and tire characteristics. Whoa, whoa, we're talking programming here. Yeah, it is coding. Everyone looks at me. It's easy for me to do because I, I, <laughs> I do have an engineering degree that taught me how to do all that stuff. But um, yeah, we can manipulate everything about the car behavior. So if there's something we don't like, oh, it doesn't feel right. Um, and you're using... You're using professional talent from within the IMSA paddock, in this case, which is where we are now, to come in and sit on the rig behind the wheel of this Leisure and go, yeah, it's that's pretty good, but there's this area here where it's not quite right and I need it to feel a bit more something. And you translate that into ones and zeros and make that change. Yeah, it's not exactly ones and zeros, but yes, that's fundamentally <laughs> what we're doing. So uh, with our LMP3 model in particular, I two years ago I worked with P1 Motorsports and we won the championship in Prototype Challenge with Leger LMP3 and Ken Cook. So I had Ken come in. We spent a lot of time at the beginning of the year. I pulled up his actual data from when he worked with the team. I looked at his video from when we actually wow. worked together. Um, and then we took his feedback and then used all of that to kind of shape the way the car behaves. And I've done that with almost every single one of the cars that we have in the simulator. So um, for instance, I've worked with DAC Motorsports when they were in Super Trofeo a couple of years ago. The team no longer exists, but I worked with Brandon Godovic a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so he's come in and worked a lot with us to fine-tune the way our Lamborghini Super Trofeo model works, especially with wow. the new Evo kit that we got two years ago. What, so you've even modeled the new Evo kit? Yeah, visually we don't have the Evo kit, but again, the visuals don't really matter so much. It's all about getting the aerodynamic upgrades, the, the, the ABS upgrades, and a couple of the other things to the car to make it drive the way the real thing does. So. And that, presumably, that isn't commercially available for you to just click and download. You've had to build that yourself. Yeah, exactly. The, for the Super Trofeo is an example of a car that is, as people who in the sim racing world are familiar with, the Super Trofeo car is available in a set of Corsa, but it does not drive anything like the way ours does. Um, that was my first complaint when I opened up the set of Corsa, is that this is nothing like what the real car behaves like. The lap times are off, the gear ratios are wrong, everything was wrong. So we've gone a long way in fixing that. No, that is not something that we can easily share. It's kind of proprietary, and it's the value in what we bring to the paddock. So. No, absolutely. Um, let's go and have a look at the rig itself, because the driver's office, and you notice the slight difference in the sound quality here. We're in not quite a soundproof room, but there's curtain sides around to, to kill some of the uh, ambient sound from outside in the paddock. We're in a darkened room, it's all black, there's an air conditioning unit above us, and there is um, an impressive rig here, which I think I might recognise. This is CXE bit, bit of kit here. Yeah, exactly. It's actually a fully loaded CXE Motion Pro 2. I'm actually an official partner with CXE Simulations. They're based out in LA, and I have phone calls with their CEO, Chris Constant, all the time. So we're Top we're, bloke, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's been everywhere. I was blown away when he told me all this stuff. He actually worked for the FIA and has been to Le Mans many times for their races over there and everything. So it's really impressive what they're doing. It's, this is not just a toy. This is a commercial-grade tool, and that's why I ultimately chose to use it for... Well, I was going to say, you had a choice of using any rig, and mm -hmm. um, what stood out for you to use the CXA rig and, and what if any mods have you made to it? Um, in terms of modifications nothing. All I've done is maybe fine tune some of the software. Hardware modifications I've done nothing. I right. usually bas use it basically off the shelf. Um, why I chose CXC? This is the only simulator I've tried. I tried everything from a couple thousand dollars. I considered building one myself. I've tried the, <laughs> I've tried the other $200,000 simulators um, they're all fine and dandy, but in my eyes, they're a toy. And I was not looking for a toy. I'm looking for a tool. This is commercial grade. It's extremely robust. Everything that the driver touches in here is out of a real car. We have an MPI steering wheel, a Cobra containment seat, Schroth racing belts, a fully hydraulic tilt and pedal tray. We have a V-Box lap timer, which a lot of the cars use for capturing video and data logging. 
Um, but the thing I do notice is I'm, I'm looking down at the pedals here. Three pedals system. The middle pedal, the brake pedal, has got uh, brake reservoirs in it. And that does have fluid in it. So we're talking about feel here. We're talking about... Hang on. He's, yep. It's actually a little dirty right now. But yeah, well, okay. <laughs> no, no, that's blood. fine. So that that's going to need a change shortly um, in terms of, of changing out the fluid. So that's going to give feel back to the left or right foot, depending on the driver, that is comparable to the car that they're driving? Yeah, absolutely. Nothing gets closer than this. Everyone's wild when they come in here for the first time and they try their brake pedal. I offer demonstrations to any registered driver in the IMSA paddock, so they come in all the time and they're, they're expecting it to be like their other, their, either their home simulators or other ones that they've tried before. Um, and they come in and they press the pedal maybe 20% of what's <laughs> what's actually possible. And they actually... And they sail on at turn one, the first lap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, one of the... Again, I've worked with Super Trofeos before. What's really unique with the actual car is that they require an inc incredible amount of brake pressure. They need almost 200 bar of pressure, which translates to about 300 or 400 pounds of pedal force, which I've worked with a lot of drivers. The first time I drive them, they're blown away. That's how much force it takes to stop the car. Well, I've tuned the simulator to require the same amount of pedal force. So it's not like this little slight spring you're pressing against. No, you need to crank the pedal every single time. And, and does that change car model to car model then? And, and can you tweak the software and, and the, the brake pedal pressure then through the hydraulic system to, to make those slight changes? Yeah, absolutely. And there's even adjustments to the level of I can change the pedal travel. So there's a little mechanical change I change with a little um, bump rubber. So I can have a car from like a... Like an LMP3 car is a relatively hard pedal, doesn't travel really far. You usually require about 90 to 110 bar, which is maybe two, 300 pounds of pressure. Um, versus like something like a Ferrari Challenge car, which has a brake booster and ABS system. It's a very soft, longer pedal, and you usually just crank it on, with, let the ABS do all the work for you. I can make all the harder mechanical adjustments to the simulator so that it feels exactly the same. So. You can't, but surely you can't get pedal chatter like you do on ABS systems. Um, unfortunately, right now, the system we have does not do that, but that is a system that they're adding on. We do have oh, a, a tactile transducer that's built into the pedal set, so you actually do get some vibration feedback. Um, but the CXC, I've heard, is working on a system where they can actually do some actual ABS pedal feedback, which I of, think of is course, really important. To of course, Chris is doing that. Of, yeah. course, of course, yes. Now, I notice here we've got a, a, a prototype-style steering wheel with the uh, paddles behind, of course, which you've just slipped off and, and given to me. Um, Outside there, there's a more traditional all-round steering wheel that you could slot on, which is completely different and has buttons in a different place. Why, why two different steering wheels? Uh, it's firstly, it's it's ergonomics. A lot of these cars, it's really critical, it's, in my opinion, when you're training someone to have the proper um, the ergonomics that you're, what you're holding in your hand. So it's correct. And the, the primary difference that I see when I look at these two wheels is that yeah, what one is completely circular and closed mm. all the way around. This one's open and more formula shaped. But the actual radius from where your hands hold the wheel to the center of the uh, the steering column, that is what's slightly different. And that that translates into a different amount of steering torque required and the sensation yeah. of everything. So there's a couple times it's really easy for me to do where I can just swap steering wheels. But if I'm driving a Formula One car with a round wheel, the feedback is completely just off boom. and there's no feedback and vice versa. It feels wrong the other direction also. So Brilliant stuff. Um, we're in a climate-controlled environment here. So, you know, I'm in jeans, T-shirt... Um, the a completely um, inappropriate pair of boots at the moment, but presumably drivers come in here with their race gear, and how can you make the experience even more lifelike? I mean, I can't require the drivers to come in with all their gear on, but I do strongly recommend it. To me, the most immersive little bit of gear that you can put on to make it real is your driver's helmet. There's something about the weight on your head, the 
the limited field of view, the having the visor down. Um, that just really takes it to the boots next and level. gloves as well. I always think boots and gloves. Oh, I strongly encourage it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just so they have the same tactile feedback of yes, what you're getting exactly. through everything. So it's really important. Um, we like uh, John said, we do have climate control in here. Um, usually everyone asks for the air conditioning because it's nice and comfortable and the tracks we go to are usually pretty hot outside. Um, but I try to force drivers to turn, let me turn the heat on and make it the same temperature as in the cockpit. So I know an LP3 car, we get to 130, 140 Ooh. degrees in the cockpit, which no, it is not comfortable, but you need to be able to make the same decisions in the same environment. Uh, and particularly if you're teaching people to go perhaps longer than they've ever gone in a car before. If you've come out of club racing, sprint racing, even some national championships, you're racing for maybe 25, 30 minutes at a time. You're going to get into an LMP3 car or some of the GT cars and maybe go 45, 50 minutes in a stint. Yeah, exactly. One, we, there's th three things that we really work on in a simulator. The first at a lower level is fundamentals. So we're talking about how to drive around a racetrack, the racing line, braking points, how to be in the right gear, the, the lower level 101 stuff. The second level of that is car and track familiarization where we're teaching someone. This weekend we're at Sebring, so we can teach someone to line around here. It's a fairly complex place with a lot of bumps to worry about. Um, so we can teach someone a new track layout and it's a lot cheaper to do it in here than on the real track yeah. um, or someone say you've only ever driven a Miata before and you want to learn how to drive an LMP3 you can learn a lot of the characteristics about how to brake correctly how to use the line how to trust the downforce you can do a lot of that in here but the higher level which you kind of uh, alluded to a second ago is the the mental conditioning level of what we do that's what we really do with very high level drivers um, I've worked with Oliver Askew a little bit who's just won the Indy Lights Championship he just signed a deal with um, Schmidt Peterson Errol McLaren for next year in IndyCar there's not much I'm going to be able to teach him in driving in the simulator here. Maybe little things here and there, but what I really do with him is we come in, we turn the heat on all the way. He plugs in his helmet into the, uh, the intercom system we have for live coaching. Um, I'll turn tire degradation, fuel consumption. We'll do a slow pace lap to get the tires warmed up, and then I'll call a green flag to him, and I'll have him drive for an entire stint length. Um, so the tires will go off, the fuel will burn, the, view, the weight will change in the car and everything. And it's about him turning consistent laps. And when he does inevitably make very small mistakes, all drivers make mistakes. I like to think uh, pro guys are perfect, but even Formula One guys make mistakes too. Um, it's really about conditioning themselves to either not make the mistakes or when they do to recover from them and not let it turn into further mistakes. So that's the yeah. mental conditioning part, which we can totally do in here. And also to recognize what might lead up to a mistake. Mm -hmm. So if they're feeling the car going into, let's say, push and understeer, mm -hmm. then modify their driving before they just fall off at a corner because they're taking it the same as they did 20 laps earlier. Yeah, exactly. That's the, the entire point. So some of the physics, we do our very best to make sure that the physics representation is real as it possibly can be. Um, the one shortcoming of any simulator, and I'm the first to tell you this and being in the simulator business, is that the sensations you'll feel in the cockpit in here are never going to be the same as a real car. We go as far as we possibly can to make it as real as we can, um, and we do filter out unrealistic sensations. There's a lot of simulators on the market, even six-figure ones, um, that move in all these crazy directions. They advertise that they're better than everything else, but they don't really feel realistic, and they might look cool to a passerby, but they don't feel right. So um, what were the... the, the the, the sensations are different from a real car you have to rely more on your visuals and yeah. it sh strengthens your visual I always think that the visual immersion is far more important than the sensation of movement mm -hmm. you'll feel certain things through your bum obviously mm -hmm. but it's the immersion and these three screens around you you're sitting halfway down the screens at the side so you get that feeling of immersion mm -hmm. we're in the IMSA paddock now um, are you going to be in the IMSA paddock in, in 2020? And where else are we going to see you? And more importantly, how do people get in touch? 
So we're we're based out of West Palm Beach in Florida, which is nice and convenient this weekend. It's only a two-hour drive for us to get up here to Sebring, but we will be at the Roar before the 24, the Rolex 24, Sebring. We'll be at everything on the, the IMSA calendar next year, except for perhaps Long Beach and the Detroit race, race weekend. Um, between races, it's really just a matter of finding where we are, and we can come to you. I've set up in driver in clients' driveways plenty of times. You, huh. you can come meet us in West Palm Beach where the trailer is located. I can meet you at your race shop, a dealership, wherever we can park this trailer. We can set up and work with you. Um, to get in contact with me, I don't know if I can post something on your website or something like that, or I can give out my website. You can go to www.symmetriclabs.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at symmetric underscore labs or symmetric.labs, depending on which platform it is. And uh, remind, remember, when you get in touch with Greg or the team, tell them IMSA Radio sent you. Right, well, it would be a shame to leave this lovely LMP3 card sitting doing nothing. So I'll stop the recording now, and um, I'll be back in, oh, I don't know, about an hour and a half. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.